Hello, this is Marsha and you're listening to M Listening Podcast and today um, I'll be kind of talking about something really boring but it is absolutely essential for our everyday growth. It could be something like, you know, um, mopping the floor or cleaning the kitchen or it's like, you know, having that hour-long meeting with your boss or your subordinates um, on an everyday basis that you think you, you should be able to live without. So, yeah, the everyday task that you deem to be unnecessary. But um, he, here, I'll present to you um, something that I'll call the I'll do it attitude that I think will benefit you in the long run Um and it will improve your productivity and also um, maybe make you a little bit more efficient if you understand the big picture. So don't click away and uh, keep on listening. And um, I hope this will have some takeaways for you. All right. Stay tuned. Well, whether you're serving a nasty customer at the coffee place that you're working in or in an operate your or whether you're operating on a heart patient, I believe <laughs> oops, I think that was my phone. Um, I believe that we all need to come t- from a place of good attitude when it comes to work and life. That's the one thing I find missing in the world today. And um I'm saying this because I've worked both remotely um, as um, the CEO of my own company. And I've been freelancing, I've been on contract, I've also been an employee. And I work closely with both um, experts, experienced people, as well as, um, you know, newbies and greenhorns and fresh graduates and stuff like that. So this is just my observation. People who have not had to deal with, you know, for lack of a better word, shit, will probably never understand what I'm saying here, well, right now at least, until they have no other choice but to deal with what actually hits the fan. I come from a place that taught me that to get anywhere, it starts with a lot of problems. I've come to understand that this is the kind of stuff that gets you places, and after a while of dealing with with such situations you you get really good at it and you try to solve them and the more you solve them the better you get at it the stars will only start shining you know the stars in the sky or your guiding light or your beacon you know your lighthouse will only start to shine and show up when you become the fearless master of making decisions mistakes and corrections every single day and it's something you just can't escape and that's because every single thing that you do matter you know uh let's just put a few things under the microscope for a bit you know things like uh sweeping the floor matters taking the rubbish out matters writing the same thing over and over again matters packing meat matters Picking the right color and font for a logo design matters. Um, uh, Repairing a car matters. Ringing up a product at the cashier counter matters. Sometimes to get anywhere you want to go at work 
or in life, you have to do things you don't think you should or want to do. But there are people around you will, who will keep telling you that, you that these are the stuff that you have to do. Well, there's a saying that goes something like this. You know, when you start out on your first job, you start with a broom. You know, the person who said it, I believe, was Andrew Carnegie. And, um, but I, I will, I'll, you know, I'll go off on a tangent a little bit. Um, uh, every monk in a monastery or in a, in a temple or in a church, um, this is nothing religious, don't worry about it, right? But um, it's every single uh, new person who enters the temple, the church, or the, the um, religious establishment or organization, they all start with at the bottom rank, right? And um, the saying that you start out with the fir your first job, you start with the broom, is the perfect analogy. Yeah. Well, I was inspired by an article called, uh, well, inspired by the, this article written on Medium, and it was uh, about how a fine art undergraduate took himself through to a degree from owning from from doing menial tasks to owning a business gallery and a woodworking studio that's because for someone interested in fine art they are not often inclined to frame other people's work of art as opposed to his or her own you know if you are an artist wouldn't you want to frame your own work and I'll quote from the article, um, The Farmer. It can be a grind. You have to frame a dozen pictures a week, and it's a very rote process. I had this idea that I would be able to use this space as a creative outlet, and that hasn't really happened because I get caught up in the red tape, doing the books, and making sure everything's ordered, and making sure that my employee has what he needs to do to do his job. I think the minutiae of the job takes up 50% of my time." End quote. And yet, the satisfaction in finishing a job well, you know, um, even if it's the smallest and the, the, the most insignificant job in the, that you think there is in the organization, after deep discussions with his clients, John Roloffs, um, the person who, in reference in the article, was able to deliver final products to the complete satisfaction of his clients. And that was the driving force, and it was an insatiable passion. The thing with the younger generation, they are armed with their masters, their internship, um, their experiences, the degrees, the diplomas, and the double doctorates. Yes, I've met some. You know, they expect to be the man behind the wheel right from the get-go. When they're handed the broom as a beginner, they feel disenchanted and disappointed. And then again, if we consistently check in with our real authentic life, we'll be more balanced and centered. You know, and when I think authentic, when I say authentic life, I think it. Um, I'm, I'm referring to what drives you. You know, um, and having the big picture, knowing where you want to go in the future, and you know, ready to do the 
do the deed or whatever, <laughs> you know, do, you know, put up, pull up the boots and, you know, roll up your sleeves and do the do everything you need to do to get where you want to go, like say five years from now, ten years from now. Well, sweeping the floor is boring. I'll be the first to admit it, but I contend that it's nothing to be ashamed of. Everyone's got to start somewhere, and dealing with the broom is a very good way to start. It's giving you the chance to master sweeping the floor so, so that you can move on to something else. Well, humility and stepping up. Confidence, efficiency, humility, and the willingness to put on your boots is slowly becoming a long-lost trait in the modern-day workers and business owners. Just because you've got a degree in electrical engineering will not automatically make you an excellent electrical engineer at your first job. You'll probably end up reading a manual or helping the managing director's secretary do some filing during your first few months. That's, that's reality, you know. You'll understand that these small tasks form the foundation and predicates your future. The thing is that employers and business owners are not just looking for talent, but they're also looking for people who are talented but with the right attitude. Men and women who went from poverty to power often have this trait. People like Oprah, Albert Einstein, you know, name Bill Gates, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, all these people, you know, they didn't have it good right from the start. So they they have this thing that's um, really apparent in people who who know what it takes to clamor their way up the the ladder, and it is the willingness to glamour up, but also to dirty down. Here I'm, I'm going to quote from a book, and the book is called uh, Shadow, Shadow Divers, The True Adventure of two, two Americans Who Risked Everything to Solve One of the Last Mysteries of World War II, and it's by Robert Curson. You can probably find it in Amazon, or um, I found it in Amazon, actually, so you can, you can go, in, go ahead and have a look at it. Um, the quote goes like this, the guy who gets killed is often the guy who got nervous. The guy who doesn't care anymore, who has said, I'm already dead. The fact that I live or die is irrelevant and the only thing that matters is the accounting I give of myself is the most formidable force in the world. Basically, he's saying that a person who is cornered has nothing to lose and he's often the most dangerous person to deal with. So even if you're tasked with laundry day in and day out, you doing it with pride and dignity says a lot about your person personality, your power, confidence, your attitude, perseverance, and your ability to strive. To thrive, I mean, <laughs> if you're willing to do laundry better than everyone else does, and this is my personal opinion on laundry itself, just not just laundry, but apply it to your everyday work and be it you know filing or writing if you're willing to do it better than everyone else you're already on the right track having the dream and then what we all have dreams of what our future holds for us wow and that's the rain that's the thunder you can hear well we all have dreams of what 
our future holds for us, or we eventually do once we are exposed to the working world or experience what some people some people call real life. Well, real life is not as fancy as it looks on a glossy magazine, your iPad, or your computer screen. It's grubby as hell. And the problem is people associated is associate the job they do for a living with the person that they are. You know, and, and this in this article um, called Reason to Live, um, I quote from it, um, this is the power you have. This is how dynamic you truly are. The meaning of your life and the reason why you want to keep going isn't just an idea. It's like another living entity that exists within you. And you hear people say this very often when they introduce themselves, you know. They don't start with, hi, I'm Betty, or hi, I'm Marsha, or hi, I'm Andrew, hello, I'm Keith. I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm, a, I'm an electrical engineer, I'm a headhunter, I'm a mathematician, I'm an animator, whatever. These are the standards and titles society per- perceives to be higher stations in life, you know. Well, I became a mother at the age of 26. Before that, I called myself a lawyer in the financial sector. I wasn't even a housewife, which is, I, I think is a really good title to have. But I, I relegated myself to just being a mother. The thought of dealing with crying, pooping, peeing, bundle of fleshes killed my soul all the time. Uh, it's now called PPD, you know, postpartum depression as we now know it to be, but back then it was just a sizzle reel of madness every single day. <laughs> but, being a, big, but being a mother is, a, is an actually difficult job, you know. It can really barrel down on you. But it, it is a reveled one that should be one of the noblest jobs in the world. Because, I mean, let's look at it. Everything a mother does matters. And in the same way, I think you should think about it this way. Everything that you do, whether you're a writer or you're a window cleaner, contributes towards something bigger. And you sharpen the skill and chances are you're getting somewhere. That's why, no matter what I do, I never stopped writing because writing for myself helps me write better in general. Well, the same applies to a carpenter, a painter, a singer. It's all about stopping the fire from fizzling out. At the very core of many successful people in the world lies one thing. The ability to navigate hardships without running away, self-sacrifice, and sometimes a little bit of luck and people skill. Together, they'll form the foundational propeller for your future. They'll launch you off into the uh, great unknown, and it could be the thing that you're looking for. Who knows? Some people complain about doing the same thing over and over again, but that is often because they are not seeing the big picture. Clarity about what you're doing is like being a wingman, knowing what he's doing is probably secondary and will never win him any personal awards, but he or she is doing it anyway for the greater good or for the big picture. Well, honesty comes hand in hand with gratefulness. On one hand, people view gratefulness as ash in your mouth, 
not very pleasant. It's everything you hate about aggression, competitiveness, excellence, and success. It's associated with, instead, pessimism and passivity. Well, I disagree. If you were thrown into an, a jungle, naked, you would die under the wing of a pessimist, but not with someone who is ambivalent and kind. When you wake up one morning wondering where your life is heading and if you're heading in the right direction, an ambivalent person would have clarity and a calm head to scope out what's really happening with exceptional honesty. And honesty is all really, really something that's really, really needed in this world right now. A grateful worker is often one who is honest, willing to go the distance, and can do so much to promote teamwork without pissing people off. Andrew Garfield, based on the account of others, was known for paving his way into the Oval Office as a janitor in the Western Reserve Electrical Electric Institute, I, with a lot of his positivity, eagerness, and all-around smiles. I don't know how he does it, really. I wish I could do it. I would argue that his journey to the top is a corollary to his willingness to give his all for the benefit of the people around him, his benevolence, his kindness. Because he was willing to clear obstacles for those he worked with and for without complaints, he became a clear motivation and leader. I love people like that. He didn't have to tell or sell his own story. People who saw what he was doing and were moved by it told the story for him. Goals and everyday tasks. People being people, they bombard themselves with questions like, what am I doing here? Who am I? What am I supposed to do now? Well, if, goals are in, if, you're, if the goals that you have in mind is in line with your overall objectives and purpose, we should break it down into little digestible pieces. These are what we call our everyday tasks. It's our job to do this day in and day out, week after week, month after month, and if you have to, year after year. I know it gets unsexy and boring really fast, and you know what? Those are the breadcrumbs to, that leads to success. Well, sometimes it is the work that nobody wants to do or wants to see that really matter. Just imagine the number of hours a team of people spend in front of their computers rendering image after image, stroke after stroke, just to process a visual for commercial use or for your entertainment. Someone has to sit down to do that stuff in order to produce a CGI-filled movie or an animation. They don't come alive on your TV screen by itself. Someone sat there for hours on end and week on end doing it, you know. And similarly, a painting, every stroke takes dedication and determination. So if you find yourself in a bind over what you're doing for a living or where you're heading, just remember that what you're doing right now is important. Wake up every morning knowing that when rubber meets the road, you're ready. If you don't see what you're doing as a contribution to something else bigger than yourself, you have two options. Number one, get out now. Number two, do it with pride and integrity. Well, that's why even BBC Studios and many, 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 many apps and big conglomeration companies have come up with apps and, and stuff, 
you know, to help you realize that everything that you do, on top of keep, keeping you happy, is to help you have a calmer perspective about what you're doing and where you're heading. Aligning your personal goals with your targets. We're in February 2020 right now, and we should have a pretty clear idea about where we intend to go for the rest of the year, if not for the rest of our lives. If you've decided to ditch your resolution just like me and focus on your end goals instead, it's fine. It's been shown that it's better. It's a better idea to pick one target or goal or resolution than to have a long list of them, you know, because having too many will derail you. So if you've picked your goal for the year, stick to it, even if you're getting bored out of your mind doing it or, you know, feel like, you know, you'd rather do something else. For example, if your goal for this year is to write one or two articles every week, I can tell you it's going to get boring by week three, if not sooner. Just trust me on this one. Okay, I've been doing this for 20 years. I can tell you it will get boring. And if you're going to manage your business finances better, you're going to be sitting down a whole lot more with a calendar, some apps, and a lot of bills and financial statements. Not a party there either. Looking at numbers, budgeting, and deciphering debt service coverage ratio and balancing profit and loss sheets is going to kill me. I'm just saying. It's... It's my. It's not my kind of tea. Not my cup of tea. If it's your kind of gig, go for it. Good for you. Go for it. If you're planning to expand your business by finding yourself a business partner or an investor, well, you'll be spending a lot of time and money on traveling, eating out, meeting, and talking to people, selling your ideas over and over and over again, and this too will get inexplicably tedious. You'll be, after all, stepping into the octagon yourself. Well, in a way, it's also got to do with whether you're optimistic or pessimistic about things around you, you know. Thankfully, this is based on a research um, by Very Well Mind. It was uh, in, the, uh, in the website. Um, it says that uh, one research found that 60% to 80% of us human beings are either born optimistic or can be taught how to be more optimistic in their outlook in life, even if they were born pessimist. Everything gets boring when it becomes the soundtrack of your day. Just ima imagine listening to the same song over and over again, right? You, you, one day you're going to flip. That's my point. But if you stick to your goals and you wake up every morning with the end goal in mind, you'll see that everything you do, every single financial statement you analyze, is launching you off and propelling you towards your goals. We're always going to want something, want to experience something different, something epic, something mind-blowing, something extraordinary. What's wrong with me? That's how um, we are geared to be. But have a look at the, the video in my Medium account. Um, it's in the article with the same name. Um, and you'll understand how we tend to seek the transcendent, the spiritual, the, the unknown. You know, 
what it doesn't mention in the video is that in order to create something as epically phenomenal as an award-winning documentary or the Hubble telescope, people who are unknown and known to us sat there doing something and wondered the same thing you're wondering every single day. And the big question is, is this it? listening to me thus far i've changed the name of this podcast from m listening or to marcia and mike uh i think that's more apt that's a more accurate description of what i'm doing right now it's just me and my mic and my smartphone and my laptop so yeah that's just pretty much it <laughs> for this podcast and it uh, i hope whatever that i've um, mentioned and written about or talked about has something for you to take away at the end of the day i'm a writer a digital marketer content strategist and producer and as eo enthusiast a mother at heart a bookworm and a human being at the core i believe human beings are all about connecting to each other and helping each other build a strong global community you can find out more about me on my website or blog and if you're all more of a social person i'm also on instagram facebook and twitter so i hope to connect with you there if you find me uh, and would like to connect with me um, i'd be more than happy to do so all right so happy sunday cheers